song there intro for nice chiller this episode of roots to grooves welcome back everybody thanks for tuning in i'm jesse quigley i'm jay purcell that makes this roots to grooves here every week talking about a new artist uh their beginnings their career their approach to music the, and yeah, everything in between. oftentimes the beginning <laughs> the middle but not the end yeah exactly I guess, um, has it been the end for any of the artists we've talked about? Mm, not, not quite. Maybe good. the next week's episode. Okay. <laughs> but we, we'll keep that under wraps for now. <laughs> Mum's the word. Um, All right. What's up, everyone? We're talking about Sen Morimoto. Yeah. Uh, you go yeah. for it. This uh, is your pick. Yeah, sure. Multi-instrumentalist, uh, saxophonist, singer, rapper, from uh, based out of Chicago. USA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's young, I think. I think he's like twenty, late twenties, maybe now or something like that. I think yeah. he was born in '93, I think, or something. Mm-hmm. So he'd be like um, twenty-eight. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's like put out um, like three big albums, I think, so far. A couple of EPs and uh, some B sides and rarities and stuff like that. Um, and uh, yeah, his music is. Uh, I find some of his stuff a bit quirky. <laughs> He has some quirky lyrics. Um, mm-hmm. He's got a lot of sort of jazz influence in there with his saxophone, um, a little bit of R and B maybe. Um, and he does. He doesn't. Re- he sort of sings a little bit, but he kind of raps most of the time, um, but not in a in the usual sort of hip hop sense. I wouldn't think kind of thing. Right. But um, yeah, and I've uh, I think I discovered him on uh, YouTube. I think it was that track Cannonball that I started out with. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy video. <laughs> Um, for that one, all of his videos are kind of crazy in a way. Yeah, was that um, the one where they he like recreated the album art? Yeah, kind of set, so. and um, it's kind of it's like part. He's like in a car or something, but it's not like a real car. It's like a cardboard car or something. Crazy okay, yeah, like I think yeah. swimming pool scene. And Maybe I'm getting a couple different videos mixed yeah, up, but yeah. but yeah. So I mean, super cool music. This is what I would, you know, I would throw the, the word bedroom in here. It's like feels kind of yeah, really DIY. He takes that on himself. Yeah. Um, like for example, that Cannonball album, he created that, that, um, you know, set mm-hmm. kind of, and then yeah. put, put him, his picture in there through Photoshop. Um, just, you know, literally doing all this music pretty much on his own yeah, and doing a lot of the artwork and stuff like that on his own too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this was a cool guy to, to check out. Yeah. Um, what, um, what, what did you listen to first when you checked him out? Um, I don't know. I think I, I put this one on shuffle. Or on one of the albums and just started like shuffling around. So yeah, I didn't have a strong yeah, yeah. Um, point of starting or ending. Right. I just, this one I hopped around. Because yeah, yeah. he didn't, he doesn't have too much material out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was only two albums. Am I missing one? Um, yeah, I mean, two. Yeah, you're right. Two albums. Um, he started out with like an EP, I think, yeah. back in 2015. I think the dates are a little funny. I got I got um, Discogs right in front of me, but on Spotify, 
I think his EP that came out in uh, 2017, It's Late. But so, it, it, it was so, right on time. But it was us. right on time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, let's talk about this guy. Yeah. Um, born in Japan. Yeah. In Kyoto. Kyoto. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, for real, so when he was like 14, I think it was about he moved to the United States. Yeah. Well, I to, think it was even younger than that, right? Maybe, oh, oh like, no, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, as a, as a kid, I think, because he basically, he said he has this sort of strange relationship with Japan now where he doesn't really, like he's from there, he was born there, but he moved mm -hmm. to the US so young to Massachusetts, um, his family went to, that he, he still has a lot of family back in Japan, but he has kind of a, you know, it doesn't feel like home quite to him. So he's still like, every time he goes there, trying to, you know, yeah, identify with that identify, culture. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, feel like you're from there. Identify, yeah. you know, engage with the culture. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool. That's kind of, kind of how I feel. I moved when I was 14 from San Diego to Seattle, so I didn't get to be an adult yeah. in San Diego. So I find I feel like this area is more home for me. So I'm kind of feeling that that's. Yeah. He obviously seems, he seems more American. Yeah. Um, you know, culturally and everything. Yeah, definitely. Uh, seemingly so, but yeah, moved to a small town Massachusetts. I think he said in one interview it was. Sorry, I hit the desk. It was uh, one of those small towns where there's more trees than people. Yeah. <laughs> um, which he, is cool. He said it was like the Shire. I think he described it as in one interview. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, he said in the middle of Wendell State Forest. I looked that up. Very green, very outdoorsy there. Like, it sounds yeah. nice. <laughs> um, I think he said his, his town, though, only had like, uh, what was it, 3,000 people in there or something like that? That's pretty, so that's pretty small. Pretty, pretty small, yeah. And. Um, and uh, like with music, I think his dad was really into uh, a lot of music. He collected a lot of CDs mm -hmm. and that's kind of how Sen sort of got into music was just kind of going through his dad's collection and finding things and, and, and getting into all that sort of stuff. Um, quite an eclectic taste of things, I think he said. Um, Sly Stone, Stevie Wonder. Um, yeah, that's Sly and the Family Stone, right? Is yeah, that, Sly and the Family Stone. Yeah, but so, yeah, 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 totally. Um, Miles Davis, Coltrane, and Cannibal Adderley were his sort of jazz saxophone influences. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I even saw yeah. a Godzilla soundtrack. Oh, really? <laughs> which one? I, I don't know. Which uh, that the that old. begs the question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I guess yeah. when I read that, I was thinking the Matthew Broderick. Yeah, that Godzilla. was uh, Jamiroquai. I think that one. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't even know that name. It's pretty. You don't know Jamiroquai? Mm -mm. Ah, damn. We, we'll have to. He did the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, there was like one. I don't know if he did like they probably had a composer, that, but right. he did like the single because back then they had singles oh, okay. that came with movies and stuff. No, yeah, do they yeah. not do that anymore? I feel like they. <sighs> I think James Bond is the only thing. I think they sometimes do they do. Yeah, 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 James Bond is a huge yeah. one. They always do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also saw stuff like Diana Ross, mm -hmm. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I think he pointed out um, album two. Yeah. Zeppelin two, whatever they're called. Yeah. Burt Bacharach, some more you know jazzy stuff. Tom Jones. Yeah. Um, he was doing some Daniel Johnston covers. Yeah, I haven't heard of Daniel, Daniel Johnston. Have you? I had neither. Uh, yeah. Still don't. Still never heard of him. But right. I'm just yeah. talking about him like I do. Yeah. I get no. I guess uh, Sen Morimoto though did do some covers. And one cool thing, what, he was doing some Daniel Johnston covers, um, and he would start doing the covers, but then he would eventually be like, "Okay, I changed it so much, I'm just going to change the lyrics, and now it's a new original song." Right. Yeah. yeah. So kind of a cool That's route a cool to way. see. Like yeah. I'm going to make a cover of a song but then just make it yeah just different enough in at and at times very different yeah and then just kind of go with that flow yeah and eventually you have something brand new 
That's kind of cool, yeah, that I found that he did that because that's something I've been thinking about recently as well as a way back into writing music is starting with some covers. Yeah. And then, like, my my goal is to faithfully cover some something, but you probably, like, once you're in the middle of it, you find something cool and you're like, oh, let's yeah. go in a different direction instead or something. <laughs> I think that's yeah. the thing, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah. You find something that you don't that's unexpected. Yeah. And then that's what's cool about music. There's so many little nooks and crannies that you could just discover that you'd never thought would be there. Yeah, yeah. And then inspiration clicks like that, and then you're off on this yeah. yellow brick road to who knows where. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Which is dope. So, yeah. you know, this guy's pretty creative is what I'm saying. Yeah. But, yeah, nice ex extensive uh, collection of influences. Yeah, pretty broad, pretty cool. Um, and it's kind of funny that he said his... The reason he picked up the saxophone was because of Lisa Simpson in The Simpsons. Oh, that was why? Because she would be doing lessons in that show? Yeah. I didn't watch too much Simpsons, but... Yeah, she played the sax, and I think like there was a like a jazz teacher in there and stuff like that. But he said he used to love watching the show, and like so he, every time he'd see her play it in the show, he'd be like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, I should try doing that or something like that. So, yeah, and... Um, that, which is cool, and he's been playing saxophone. That's, that was his main instrument yeah. as a kid. Yeah, and it was, I think it was actually 800 people, he said, in his small town that oh, lived even there. Even smaller. Yeah, and so he said, like, his, the problem there is, like, there wasn't really anyone to go to to talk about music or to play music with or right. to learn about it and stuff like that. But apparently there was this one uh, famous saxophonist called Charles Neville from the Neville Brothers. I heard mm -hmm. of the Neville Brothers, but... And um, he was, like, putting on, like, a one-off... Um, like class somewhere like um or like a master class like yeah like, here's, yeah here's the the good stuff yeah because he'd like moved from new orleans to that kind of area which is kind of cool and yeah sen and a few of his friends signed up for this thing they did it uh they I, got really into it i read that it was in a yeah. yurt yeah they would I, practice in a yurt which is like a nice bougie tent kind yeah. of yeah <laughs> Yeah, you see a lot of those in uh, in Portland. I think you can like rent a yurt for the weekend on Airbnb or something like That's that. Great. I'm like, yeah, I should try that. I'm down. We should do an episode in a yurt. Episode in a yurt <laughs> on location. On location. Yes. Um, yeah. So it was like the one-off masterclass, and then like Charles Neville saw that him and his friends were kind of into it and mm -hmm. offered some like private lessons in his yurt, and uh, yeah, and he just like learned a lot of stuff from him. Um, yeah, I think they were talking about like improvisation, yeah. you know, obviously in music, music history, yeah. um, and just how all these little different things relate yeah. into putting that energy into creating cool yeah. jazz music yeah. specifically, but then also more vaguely just music in general. Yeah. So sounds like an awesome guy to be, yeah. you know, hooked up with kind of a, yeah. uh, you know, he was the, the young Padawan or the young grasshopper yeah. and, you know. <laughs> I don't, I don't get your references. The pad is that a Star Nor do Wars I. thing? The Padawan <laughs> is Star Wars. Young Grasshopper is Karate Kid. Uh, okay. I'm just mixing and matching, Jay. Mixing it. Flying up. by I, the seat of my thing. Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah, but, it's a classic. Um, and uh, yeah, so Charles, Neville, yeah, a big guy. He sadly passed away a few years ago. But oh, Sen, yeah, Sen said one of the cool things that he taught him was um, about how to put like the emotion into the music or to also know what the lyrics are for a song that mm -hmm. you're playing with so that you can um, kind of like bring that out in the instrument that you're playing, you know. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I think yeah. I saw him talking about that yeah. kind of engaging with the the vibe yeah. that the lyrics are talking about, yeah. like the emotion that's attached. Yeah. And so if, if you're like doing a solo, it's not just time to, ooh, there's eight bars I could shred and just right. show off or something. Like yeah. hopefully the idea is to match that vibe, that feeling yeah. that you're trying to get across in a nice succinct way yeah. through the channel that is your guitar or yeah, yeah. saxophone or whatever he's playing. Yeah. Definitely. Which is cool. Because yeah. I like that when it you know matches up. It's not just some wankability like look at me shred and then back to jazz. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, it yeah. all cohesive. Yeah, yeah. So it's cool. And that yeah. was he was still in Massachusetts at this time, right? In the year practicing with Neville. Yeah. Mis and, Mr. Uh, Charles Neville, that is. Yeah. And he was um going to high school Sen and but he said he wasn't really like academic or really interested in you know, going to college or anything after that. And mm -hmm. he said his parents were kind of understanding of that, um, which is cool. Um, and so I don't really know what he was doing for like a living or how he like started making computer music himself, like going from the sax to doing that. Yeah, I don't but, think I saw that much about, yeah. about that either. Yeah, but he, but he was um, uh, seeing a girl that, was going to college in Chicago, mm. and that was the reason that. Oh, he, that was the reason. That was the re one of the reasons he said. Actually, he you know he definitely had to like get out of his small town. Um, right. For one, uh, the second thing, the first place he was looking at going to was New York. He said, mm -hmm. but he said it was like too expensive, and there were like weird listings like on Craigslist of like, yeah, don't tell my wife like you're <laughs> living in this room or something. <laughs> yeah, thousands of dollars for like a little closet yeah. space. Yeah, so he was like, yeah, that's probably not happening. And then, yeah, his girlfriend was living in Chicago, so he decided to... Okay, that's weird, because I didn't hear up. about the girlfriend. Yeah. There's always a girl. That makes sense. Exactly, yeah. But I yeah. thought he had gone... I, I read that he had gone to Chicago to check things out, check out the vibe. He went to a party. He might have met her in Chicago. Well, maybe <laughs> one way or another. And then moved there. Or yeah. 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 Well, cool. I, yeah. I saw that he met some guy at a party, and then that was yeah. a guy who he ended up working with. Um, I think that was the guy who... Started the record label Super. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. S O O P E R. P -E -R. Yeah. Um, and then Sen Morimoto is now a co owner of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but they started that relationship there. Yeah. And he was like, hey, that's good enough. And this guy offered him a room like in his house. Yeah. And he didn't even check it out yet. Sen didn't see the room. He just said, like, sight yes. unseen, I'll do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm coming up. Mm -hmm. And there he was. And he did. Yeah. Um, just that. Did he go to college up there? No, Sen didn't. So I don't know what he was doing like for work so much, but he was definitely getting through the guy from Super, meeting a lot of these like musicians and artists in the Chicago area and finding a lot of cool people to collaborate with mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think he just, yeah, he must have had some day job, but we don't know. Sen, what was your day job? We don't know. <laughs> Not talking a lot about it in interviews and <laughs> exactly. stuff. What are we hiding here? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Drugs. No, I don't know. <laughs> hey, more power to you. Yeah. I say go for it. Um, I, I think we should play another track. Yeah. And, uh, well, to Ooh. sort of go back in time, I did find a track from his first EP, It's Late. It's Late. So since it's his first kind of release, I think, I'll spin this. Yeah, I'm yeah. down. Let's hit it.
You hear that? It's the song. <laughs> it just stopped like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna be on the video like, what? What the fuck? Whoa. Man, that was fucking trippy. Okay, just, that was pretty weird. We just both freaked out. <laughs> the song just cut out, and then there was this, like, sounded like a tumble dryer or something. Like yeah, like that. a whirly thing. Yeah. I thought we had an electrical issue in the studio for a second. Though. Yeah, I thought the power cut out for yeah, a second. Yeah, yeah, But well, no, it was part of the track. Yeah, this guy gets trippy. <laughs> that was called Shouldn't Live or Remember a Day. Uplifting title there. And that was off the, the that first EP. Yeah, uh, 2017. It's late. It's his first one that's on Spotify. He does have some like earlier, rarer releases. I mm -hmm. think um, there's a there's a I think a LP called For Me and Laddie, 2015. But I don't know. It seems dubious. This might be a, an incorrect listing on this Discord's website. Or but it says hip hop and pop, jazzy hip hop. <laughs> okay, I mean, yeah, he's right up in there. Yeah, but, yeah. This, all his stuff does have a little bit of hip hop influence. It sounds like too. Yeah, so it's actually I did actually remember um, that his first thing he did musically was as a rapper, and he went by the name mm -hmm. of Jap. And oh, okay, I saw a little bit about this. Yeah, and he said it was like aggressive, angsty, like he was a teenager kind of thing, making these beats and rapping. Right. He said he was trying to flip the stereotypical image of. Uh, the sort of docile Japanese man kind of thing by being angsty and aggressive and mm -hmm. crazy. <laughs> he said it was pretty, he wouldn't go back there now. He's like, he's glad he got it out of his system. But in retrospect, he was like, oh, I don't know if that was such a good idea. Right, because J-A-P, yeah. Jap, yeah. like stands for like Japanese in yeah. general, but yeah. it has a, like a horrible connotation to it. It's like a put down yeah. kind of word. Yeah, it's been used as a put down word, I think, for our history. Which I've heard it. Yeah, and th and that's going lightly on it. I think it's yeah, like yeah. almost almost like a bad word. Yeah, used yeah, in the wrong context. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool that he was trying to switch it. Yeah. Um, but then yeah. I think, as you were saying, he kind of grew up and like realized, oh, like you know, words do hurt. Yeah, yeah. And they have a lot of meaning behind them. Yeah. And maybe it wasn't the the best exactly <laughs> um, idea. Yeah. To go. Yeah. Using words like that, I don't know. Yeah, but at least he 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 does have a a, um, a self awareness mm -hmm. about him throughout all his music and all his lyrics. Yeah, which is really cool, and he does seem pretty down to earth and well rounded. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, for him to call himself out like that, yeah, in an in an interview and you know put it on the internet and stuff, yeah. you know, he's he's just owning up to it, which is cool. Definitely, yeah. So I I respect him for that. Yeah, and I think in another interview he later said that now he can't really write music or lyrics from an angry place of anger because he was asked about um you know all the stuff that happened in 2020 with black lives matter and mm -hmm. george floyd and covid and all that and trump being president and it was just kind of a dark time um and he was asked whether that 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 stuff happening in the world inspired him or kind of the opposite and he said the opposite <laughs> like it's not really uh, it wasn't like a good environment to try and think of like being creative and sort of thing which is a a shame. I think it's different for different people, but um, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but he at least knows what he needs to be able to write and be creative and stuff like that. So, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And I'm, I, either way, I'm sure it's it affecting him in a way that he'll get the emotions out at some point mm -hmm. as when he processes them. Yeah, you know, within himself. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah, he also says that like music, as a lot of people we've talked about on the show, he uses it as kind of in a therapeutic way. Mm -hmm. He said he's not someone that really likes to share his problems or his troubles with other people. He finds it's kind of like too much to sort of burden other people with that. So that's mm -hmm. why he kind of explores that in the lyrics um, and his own music. And he said the lyrics are just like a stream of consciousness that he'll just write out, spew out, and then like go back and edit and try and make it fit with the music sort of thing. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Which is a cool style because it comes off as pretty casual. Yeah, like weird lyrics as well. It's like, I think in that first song, Cannonball, it's like, there was like something to do with doors and figs and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. it's like, you're a door, but you're adorable or something like that. You're not a door. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's kind of like almost kind of like the rap I would write when I was 12 years old. But, right. But he kind of gets away with it. I but think. now he's like, kind of yeah. singing it over a, yeah, yeah. a jazz fusion yeah. backdrop. <laughs> Which is quite why I think it's kind of quirky a little bit. It is. Things, yeah. And he's, he's saying a lot of stuff in it with his kind of his voice is pretty mellow. Yeah. And pretty chill. Uh, yeah. Um, pretty kind of, you know, gentle, delicate. Yeah. And, you know, soft and it's really good. Yeah. yeah. And it, it works really well with this kind of this bedroom hip hop jazz fusion type thing that he's got going on. Yeah. yeah. Which is really cool. Definitely. Um, yeah. So I guess I did pull up the guy's name, his his like-minded buddy. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to say his name right. Namdi Ogbanyaya. Oh, wow. Is he the guy? Is that the super... Yeah. Label guy. So he, yeah, yeah. He, that's the guy who started Super Records. Okay. And he, Namdi, Namdi is his first name, I think. Okay. He encouraged Sen Morimoto to record an album for his label, Super. Right. And I think that was Cannonball. Right. The first LP yeah. that he came out with. Yeah. Which is cool. And that's the one where he did the DIY art. Yeah. Um, I, you know, produced the whole thing himself, as far as I know. Mm hmm playing all the instruments and yeah. doing all the vocals and everything yeah. and all the, the, you know, technical production and engineering mm -hmm. pretty much as far as I know, I don't know who it was mixed or mastered by yeah. or whatever, but for the, the, the bulk of the work, yeah. it was all Sen, which is awesome. And it was a great um, album. And then eventually the next album came out on super records as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that first album, 2018, um, Kind of did well. It sort of got out there, and that's kind of around that time I discovered that music video for Cannonball at the same time. And uh, and I was like, yes, yeah, I haven't heard this type of thing before. Mm -hmm. That's why I was sort of drawn to it. It's you know, it's funky, and especially that song as well. It's like almost six minutes long, Cannonball, and it's like kind of goes in a different direction halfway through, and it's not like a typical like song structure or anything like that. Yeah, but, you know, some weird moments and weird like mute things he does where it's mm -hmm. like he'll just like mute a whole thing and but like do it sloppily so it kind of like clips a little bit or something yeah <laughs> and yeah it feels kind of yeah. almost live yeah almost yeah, yeah. like a like he's doing it on a like as a dj set kind of things yeah. at some points yeah, yeah. but yeah i mean cannonball you know it's awesome it's intimate it's warm yeah confessional yeah um you know it's weepy like he's kind of putting his heart on the line a little bit like like you said he doesn't describe it to his feelings to his friends or his family as, as much, but music is his way to get that out. Yeah. Um, but it, it's still, it's still like optimistic overall and it's still pretty wise. Yeah. Like I said, he's self-aware and, you know, I think reflective and introspective yeah. and that comes out through the lyrics yeah. and through the music. Definitely. Um, and one, one of the other influences I saw, he said was Mitski. 
Oh, really? We talked about a few weeks ago. Yeah, so when yeah. this episode comes out, Mitski episode should be out. Yeah. And she also has that same kind of chill bedroom vibe, yeah. especially with your lyrics. Yeah. Really kind of gentle, you know, cool, really nice melodies, but a gentle voice. Yeah. And then being really reflective and, you know, introspective with the lyrics. Yeah. And I think Definitely. he takes a lot of inspiration from, from Mitski. Definitely. Which is yeah. cool. I incidentally randomly watched a short film that she was acting in today. It was recommended to me on YouTube. Really? I was like, what? It was like this weird short film. Because apparently she'd said in different interviews that she'd helped some people out with some film mm -hmm. stuff. And yeah, it was called Sitting or something. It's very weird. It was a whole indie. movie? No, it was like probably seven minutes, ten minutes. Oh, like a short, short film? Short film. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. That's pretty just, cool. Just reminding me because randomly I, I saw that today. So I was like, yeah. No, that's great. I mean, it, it, it fit its way into this episode. Exactly. Yeah. So that's very fair. That's cool. Check out Mitski, everybody. Yeah. Well, how about another track from uh, Cannonball? Yeah. Because you're talking about his lyrics and uh, this one called People Watching, I thought it's kind of very sort of interesting yeah. story that he's put into this track. Let's give her a whirl. Yeah, I think that's the last uh, track off that album. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just like those lyrics. So it's kind of stream of consciousness, like the little moment in there where he talks about playing piano for his grandma mm -hmm. in uh, Japan and she's dancing and clapping. Yeah. That gives a sort of nice visual, just kind of. Yeah, no, he, yeah. he definitely paints these visuals. And like right after he said that, I remember he there was like a nice little horn section, jazzy type yeah, yeah. feel yeah. that was incorporated in the production. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, put a nice bookend and highlight what he's talking about. Definitely, yeah. Which is cool. So, I mean, yeah, the stream of consciousness really kind of subdued. I think Cannonball was more um, like he wrote a bunch of stuff and then would use like subtractive m mixing or producing. Yeah. And so he would like have a bunch of stuff, but he would take things out and make it more as more minimalist as he could. Yeah. And kind of dig stuff away and then allow the what was left to shine. Yeah. As opposed to the self-titled album, which we'll talk about next. Maybe we're about there. Yeah. Um, yeah, self-titled Sen Morimoto. Yeah. Where that one's a little bit more 
like lavish and mm. lush with instrumentation a little bit more yeah. you know bangbastic or bombastic that's the word yeah i think bombastic yeah <laughs> uh but you know what i mean but yeah. yeah totally yeah he said he like always writes like with a load of layers or something mm-hmm. like that and then has a lot of stuff going on and then he'll have to sort of take stuff out and right like but it's still you can get that sense of like uh it's not like it's not cluttered but it's in it kind of is and it isn't this weird it's like there's like lots of like weird opposing rhythms happening in different instruments and stuff like that mm-hmm. we're sort of into weaving between each other and stuff like that it's yeah kind of like, i love that when yeah. you have different instruments coming in and coming out but creating one kind of yeah melody even yeah, yeah. or a vibe yeah. all together you know yeah. like yeah. a puzzle piece yeah definitely and um yeah so 2020 last year is is when the self-titled one came out on super records again so this is pretty new stuff yeah basically he said he uh wrote a lot of this music in transit like gazing out of windows um so he said like motion and water is a recurring theme throughout the album but he wasn't touring during this time because it was 2020 right um i think he kind of well oh well, yeah 2020 yeah i think he might have written this in 2019 though when it came out in or sure that makes more yeah. sense though yeah. that makes a lot of sense actually i didn't think about that yeah because i think yeah he did say like sleeping in unfamiliar places gave him vivid dreams uncannily close to reality and hard to rouse from um oh, i'll continue what else we said um uh well no actually i won't because that was like a journalist that was writing that so oh. <laughs> they said this uncertainty between waking life and fantasy became his central focus explored excellently on the detuned eerily rolling haze of standout the things i thought about you started to rhyme to track off of that morimoto toys with clarity never quite certain whether he's gaining perspective but always searching and yeah kind of interesting yeah i like his whole vibe yeah i mean i think this album self-titled is somewhat it's pretty optimistic Mm. especially regarding what was happening during that year yeah um so that's pretty cool it just sounds pretty hopeful yeah regardless of crazy stuff that was happening around yeah i think i think one way it was being described based on some of the lyrics was that he like he was wondering if if like people have gone to Jupiter or something, hmm. like left Earth, because it's like, okay, this place is messed up. <laughs> like, yeah. and then people are asking like, if have you been living on Jupiter yeah. or something? I don't know, I barely know what I'm talking <laughs> about, but I just saw some people talking about stuff like that. And coincidentally, right now, we have four tourists uh, up in space. Uh, oh, in the capsule, SpaceX. I forgot to look at that. SpaceX sent up yeah. people. I saw the launch uh, went off pretty well i haven't checked back in but apparently they're just going around orbiting the earth for three days really so they're still up there yeah they made a playlist as well of of music each team member picked some songs and then they whittled it down into a two-hour playlist there's some corn on there there's some macklemore on there because one of the guys is from uh, pacific northwest that's up there in space oh really he wanted he wanted to pick some songs that uh, represented the Pacific Northwest or whatever. So. Sure, I guess Macklemore's still that guy <laughs> yeah, to <I> represent <laughs> us all. No Nirvana, though. I don't think. I'll yeah, know, don't. <laughs> maybe. Uplifting songs if you're in yeah. a dangerous situation. Maybe. Fair enough. Yeah, Macklemore, I, I dare yeah. I say, is more uplifting than yeah. Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Anyway, digression. But um, 
that's crazy shit. It's cool side so, fact though. I like yeah, that. Yeah. I don't know. They were staying up in space for so long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, self-titled Sen Morimoto, good album. Mm-hmm. It's it's just I think it's better. Yeah. It's probably better than Cannonball. Yeah. I think I like it better. There's really good, a, ro- a lot of original sounding stuff. Yeah. And some of it lands better than others. Mm-hmm. Um, just his ideas. Yeah. Um, but the ones that do land are really good, really cool. Yeah. A lot of you know layering of stuff, layering on his vocals. Yeah. For example. Mm-hmm. Um, so cool stuff going on the whole way through. I, I really enjoyed it in general. Yeah, it's definitely a, um, a maturity you can hear in his writing and production. Mm-hmm. It's definitely moved on kind of thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, after that whole process, he said he did actually write this whilst he was home from tour. So uh, playing around at home and coming up with ideas and stuff like that. But yeah, because he, um, off the the first time he went and you know did a lot of things did touring he did some like so far mm-hmm. chicago performances and stuff like that um he was he did like, i think in 2021 did a kexp yeah i was going to mention that did you uh see about it i like, think well yeah. what it was it wasn't live at kexp but it was at home yeah live at home whatever they call it yeah yeah um but it was cool and it's been i think we've been talking about this since we've a lot of artists have gone through here mm-hmm. and done KEXP at home, yeah. but they, it gives them a chance to actually produce their own video basically yeah. and have that be their video rather than KEXP filming them play live. Yeah. Um, I think the music still played live, but it's almost like a mixture of like a almost yeah. short film or music video yeah. rather than a strictly live performance, yeah. which is pretty cool. And he was obviously playing off and dealing with the issues like um, what, you know, COVID, obviously, whether people can be in the same room or not, yeah. trying to get the band to play. And it, what I saw in the video was he was filming people like in their apartment mm-hmm. from outside, like looking in the window, watching the guy play guitar. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the next scene would be like the drummer yeah. or Sen in yeah. his apartment through the window. So kind of a cool concept. Yeah, yeah. And work around for what was going on in the world at the time that's still going yeah. on. No, it was very cool. Very well done. Like he's like walking around streets with like a microphone. Mm-hmm singing and then yeah it cuts away to like the different musicians in their in their own apartment playing and i think they recorded all live you know it was all overdubs mm-hmm. or whatever but he'd send them the tracks but then, it is yeah this, then, it's not yeah, a yeah, yeah they didn't just take the recording from the, the track yeah yeah which is so, dope yeah so yeah again diy creativity yeah and this guy's yeah. not afraid to do something new i like definitely, it definitely yeah um yeah so that's sort of us up to date really um he did release a B-Sides and Rarities thing in 2020 as well. Mm-hmm. Self-released, actually, I think. Um, so I think that might be on his band camp or somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. His brother makes some short films, and oh, I yeah? think he has a, a studio called 88 Rising. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Have you? Yeah, I've okay. heard of 88 Rising. Yeah. yeah, I think that's his brother okay. who makes short films, and he helped film one of the music videos for Sen Morimoto's music. Okay. I'm not sure if yeah. which video it was. Off the top of my head, I didn't... Yeah take those notes all right yeah like a bad journalist <laughs> um but anyway that's cool that's super yeah. cool that you've yeah. heard of that outside of this context yeah I, I think or i could have heard of it because uh one of sen's music mm-hmm. videos is on the 88 rising youtube channel or something maybe no that yeah i mean case. sometimes yeah. we don't know where these connections come from but yeah. there's connections to all, a lot of these artists and another yeah. one that we kind of mentioned before mitski Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in one of his videos, or I don't know if it was the live one or KEXP or what it was, but he did a cover of Mitski. Oh, yeah? Um, I think it was Washing Machine Head. 
Okay. Or something like that's the name of the song. Something about a washing machine. Okay. That's enough to search on Google for you guys at home. <laughs> yeah. I don't have I don't have the time or the so patience to get all these down. Washing machines in your area. Yeah. 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 And you'll find it. Maybe not. <laughs> um, but that's that's basically all I got on Sen Morimoto. What else we got yeah. on? Yeah. I think uh that rounds it out pretty yeah. much. He does um uh, collaborate a lot with this great singer who I found out about because of Sam Morimoto, uh, Kaina, I think is her name. Oh, her name. yeah. I was saying Kaina. I, yeah. I don't know how to say that. Yeah. I think she actually pronounces it on her uh, Twitter profile. It's hard to spell. Kaina? Like Hyena? Yeah. Kaina, I think. She's a great singer. Uh, she's done uh, backing vocals for Sam Morimoto's some live performances I've seen. Sen is actually produced for her and been a keyboardist in her band as well nice um so there's a lot of like trading of people there also like the guitarist that was um in the kexp video we talked about and he also plays with kaina he also plays with no name who i don't know if you've heard about but she's a great like hip-hop rapper mm, real great rapper she came reference. out to uh Capitol Hill Block Party a couple of years ago. I saw, and played? Saw her play there. Yeah. Nice. Um, but they did a... I discovered her through an NPR Tiny Desk and this guitarist guy was on there as well. He's just very striking because he's got this like long hair and his guitar's up here and he's always like making these yeah, jazz he's... faces every time. <laughs> he's like, it's very like iconic looking. Yeah, that's it? cool. You got to have a vibe. You got to have a personality. Exactly, yeah. But yeah, it just makes me like realize there's a lot of cool things happening in Chicago and finding out mm -hmm. about you know uh these people kaina sen morimoto and all right that. makes me want to kind of go out there and uh maybe i don't realize kaina um, was uh, from chicago as well yeah i think she has a different heritage i'm not sure where from um, not japanese no i think south american central america or something like that okay i, okay. I shouldn't talk about things i don't know about my that's what we do best on here jay that's what we have the show for exactly <laughs> people can listen to us talk about stuff we don't know anything about <laughs> exactly that's the whole point and then they'll be like these people later, <laughs> i'm gonna write a youtube comment yeah um yeah please, hey please do please leave a comment that helps us out yeah by the way um yeah email us if you want roots to grooves at signalradio.com we would love to hear from you yeah we appreciate you thank you for listening yeah we'll uh we'll i'll play out this track called save because it's right. kind of a i don't know uh, it sounds like interesting a good title. ending track uh from his last album most recent album san morimoto yeah thank you guys we're here for you and you're here for us we appreciate you peace out For change, change, time to be the one you
Roots to Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.